This is Unconventional Knowledge, the podcast that takes a look at the information hidden below the surface. Each episode, we ask an expert to give us an insider's perspective on a current event. Violence is on the rise in resource-rich Central Africa. Will the situation stabilize or will war erupt again? We ask an expert in African affairs, Teresa Nogueira Pinto, to describe how the situation is most likely to develop. To understand the recent escalation of tensions between Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of Congo, and also its potential consequences, there are three dimensions that must be considered. And the first one has to do with recent history and with the fact that this is a conflict involving multiple actors. And so it is not possible to understand the tensions between Rwanda and the DRC without first going back to 1994. The genocide against the Tutsis in Rwanda was a dramatic and a defining moment, which would have enduring consequences in the Great Lakes region. In the aftermath of the genocide, there was a mass exodus, as almost two million Rwandans, most of them Hutu, fled Rwanda fearing retaliation. And more than one million went to the Democratic Republic of Congo, then called Zaid. Among them were some of those responsible for the planning and for the execution of the genocide. And what we see since then is that there have been tensions between the Rwandan Patriotic Front regime in Kigali and Kinshasa, resulting either in direct conflicts or in proxy wars. And so it is within this context that a complex network of actors emerges. And among these actors are the Democratic Forces for the Liberation of Rwanda, founded by some of those responsible for the genocide and whose goal is to overthrow the RPF regime in Kigali. There is also the M23, which claims to represent and to defend the Batutsi communities living in eastern Congo. Taking advantage from state fragility in a resource-rich region, these groups have based their operations in the eastern region of Congo along the border with Rwanda and Uganda. The M23 first emerged in 2012 with the tacit support of Rwanda and Uganda and in a very quick offensive took control of the city of Goma. However, the group was neutralized in 2013, and this was thanks to a combination of effective military and diplomatic efforts by both regional and international actors. However, the process of demobilization was never completed, and so tensions re-emerged in November 2021. And the important question is why in November 2021? And this takes us to a second dimension, which is regional and determined by geopolitics. In 2021, there was a rapprochement between the DRC and Uganda, as both countries intensified their diplomatic, military and economic links. We have to analyze this, considering the very fragile and volatile power balance in the region, and also the ongoing tensions between Rwanda and Uganda. The border between the two countries, for example, was closed for a period of almost three years. And so, this closer relationship between Kinshasa and Kampala was perceived as a threat by Rwanda. Also, when we look at Rwanda and the DRC, there seems to be a very big asymmetry, as in the biblical story of David and Goliath, 
especially if we consider factors such as the size of the territory or the size of the armed forces, and here the DRC seems to be clearly in advantage. However, and this is a very important aspect, Rwanda is a stronger and more functional state, and with more, at least until now, leverage in both the regional and international spheres. And this is what takes us to a third dimension, which is strategic, political, but also symbolic. Rwanda is a country that struggles for regional hegemony. And avoiding a new genocide and neutralizing all enemies, either real or potential, of the Rwandan Patriotic Front regime remain crucial goals for the country. Since the main threat to the regime lies not in the domestic sphere, where the opposition is either co-opt or silenced, but in those armed groups operating outside the country, controlling the Kivu region, for security reasons but also for economic reasons, remains a determinant aspect of the so-called national interests. Also, and adopting a more political perspective or approach, there is nothing more useful than an external enemy to reinforce internal cohesion. As President Kagame announces his intention to run for a fourth term in 2024, this cohesion is particularly important. So if we consider these three dimensions, as well as the multiple drivers of conflict in the region, including economic, identitarian, geopolitical and political claims and factors, peace and stabilization remain unlikely in the short to medium term. I hope this interview with Teresa Nogueira Pinto helped you to understand the historical and political factors that may lead to the war in Central Africa. For more on this topic, please check out our website at gisreportsonline.com or follow us on social media. 